Shador Sanders and Davius Richard face off in this year's Celebration Bowl, and which guy you prefer could just come down to what style of quarterback you prefer. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast. Network your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Okay, so this is going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster because who doesn't need that? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Now for me, I want to break down these two quarterbacks, Davies Richard and Shador Sanders. They're facing off the most important players on the field because This whole week is Celebration Bowl week, right? This is what we are going to be breaking down all week. The lead segment will probably be the Celebration Bowl in some capacity for the duration of the week. I I don't know what it's going to be every day, but it'll probably be something Celebration Bowl related unless something unforeseen comes up, right? So with me, I wanted to start off with the quarterbacks. These are the guys. These are the two best quarterbacks in their conference all year long. These have been the guys from start to finish. Davius Richard and Shador Sanders have been balling. Davis Richard came out in the first game, had four touchdowns, had a great uh, game against North Carolina A&T. You look at Shador Sanders, he came out the gate, had a great game against Florida A&M. And no, it didn't really stop. Yes, they had a couple of bumps along the way, but for the most part, these have been the best quarterbacks the whole year in the SWAC and the MEAC. And now we get to see them face off, and that's exciting to me. That's what I want to see. I think it's great that we all get to see it. But which quarterback is better? Which quarterback is more effective? I'm sure. That if I just went out and asked, hey, who's better, Davis Richard or Shador Sanders? A lot of people are going to say Shador Sanders. It's the one that has the most visibility. It's the one that has the most attention. I think it's the easy answer. And I'm not here to give answers. You know what I mean? I have an opinion. I'm not going to uh, divulge it today. I just want to present the information in front of you. That's, That's what I'm here to do today. I don't have the answers. But I do have the situation. So let me know what you think in the comments below or tweet me. Let me know what you think. Uh, DM me, whatever. Let me know what you think about this situation of Davius Richard versus Shador Sanders, because the numbers would suggest that the the gap really isn't as big as you would think it is. Honestly, as far as who's more effective, who gets it done better. So let's go ahead and look at these numbers. I have a couple of uh, uh, pseudonyms. I believe that's I believe that's what it is. Yes. Pseudonyms um, for each player. Because I don't want you guessing about who's who's Davis Richard because this name has a D and an R in it or who's uh, who's Shador Sanders because this has no. What we're going to do is we're going to look at Jordan Jackson and Samuel Washington. One of these players is Richard. One of these players is Sanders. But I just want to give fake names so that you can just look at the numbers and look at how close this is without anything else clouding your judgment. Um, So Jordan Jackson. 
This player has 3.3 touchdowns per game, which ends up being 41. Then he has 36 through the air, five on the ground, 297. That's actually a, a misstep or a mistype, excuse me, 298, actually, uh, 298 through total, excuse me. Then you had 283 yards per game passing and about 14 yards per game rushing with a 70% completion percentage. But then you look at Samuel Washington, and he has 3.3 yards or tackle touchdowns per game. It's only 37 because there's less games being played by him. And then also 24 touchdowns to 13 rushing. That's a different kind of split. You see the same thing with the yardage. 288 yards total. While you have 226 through the air, 62 rushing with a 63 completion percentage. So which guy do you want? This is style. This is just stylistic, you know, because you look at it, it's only like nine yards, right? If you come, if you change it, 297 to 288, that's nine yards difference total. And I'll tell you right now, Jordan Jackson is Shador Sanders. Samuel Washington is Davius Richard. Or, you know what? Let's keep that number. Let's keep that up there for a little bit. For me, when I'm looking at these two guys, I I just feel like when you look at the difference in, in yards, how can I say one is more effective? Passing is the most important part of being a quarterback, right? So I don't think running can supplement being a poor passer. But that's not Davius Richard. You look at those numbers, like 226 is not bad. Like I know that the idea of a running quarterback is that they can't throw. That's not the case. Davius Richard can lead you down the field on a two-minute drive to go win the game. He definitely has that ability. And it's not just because he'll be running all up and down the field. He can pass the ball. So when you can pass, running just becomes what it should be and a bonus. Running does not supplement passing when it comes to being a quarterback. You need to be able to throw the football. Davius Richard can do that. So now his legs are nothing but a bonus. And it's a pretty good bonus when you can run for 62 yards per game. It's just an interesting conversation because Shador Sanders has the ability to throw for 320 yards, 320 yards. That could happen in this game. If that happens in this game, that doesn't automatically guarantee that he has the best game. And not because they're just going to be throwing it all around, but because Shador could have 320 yards throwing, have no yards rushing because I'm not really scared about Shador's legs. He can run, but I'm not, I'm aware of his running. I'm not game planning to stop him from running. Right. If Shador Sanders beats me by running the football, it happened. That, that, that's my attitude to it. While Davis Richard, I have to game plan for his legs. So that 320 through the yards, he could get 315, 330 total rushing and passing. And I know it sounds slanted because I'm talking about the duality. But to me, just the ability to use your arm and legs is not a. I don't think that's a strong suit of Shador's game. It doesn't mean that he's worse off because obviously he has a better passing numbers right so for me it's just presenting the information and saying that hey davis richard is a dual threat quarterback who's really good at both of those threats you know so i just i just want to point that out um my thing my thing about this is if shador who can get loose with his legs starts to use the leg use his legs in this game it might even some things out right but right now to me davis richard is somebody who you can use your arm and your legs. Shador Sanders is just going to use his arm and occasionally his legs, but he's the better passer. Who do you want?
Do you want the guy who can do both or one who is just exemplary at passing the football, the main thing, just exemplary at the main thing? I don't know. I think that it's a really tough conversation to have, and I think it's one that you probably would have thought the gap was a lot bigger between the two of them. But when you look at who gets it done, that just means gets it done, period, in any kind of way. Who gets it done better? That margin is not that big. Shador Sanders has the edge in completion percentage and yards per game. Their touchdowns per game is the same. Shador just played more games. And they're split. That's the only thing. All of this comes down. Shador Sanders versus Davius Richard all comes down to the split, which you can see in the screen, right? Shador Sanders is going to be majorly passing the ball. That's what he's going to do the majority of the time. He'll run occasionally, effectively occasionally, but he's going to pass the football. Look at the splits in yards. Look at the splits in touchdowns. While Davis Richard is going to give you a lot of both, he's going to give you a lot of passing yards and a lot of rushing yards. That does not mean that either one is better. It's just about what style do you prefer. And that one's up to you. Going forward, we're going to be talking about the Grambling basketball team because they've done it again. They've knocked off yet another Power 5 school, this time Vanderbilt. And I want to talk about how they're doing it because their defense is suffocating and it might make them a force in the SWAC this year. Before I get into that, however, I want to tell you guys about LinkedIn. And these are our title sponsors for the day as well. LinkedIn is just the perfect place for all of my small business owners. If you need employers, if you need some, or excuse me, employees, if you need somebody to help you run the business, why go through the process of just finding out who is good for your job? Reach out, shoot your shot. All these times employees are shooting their shot, trying to get, shoot your shot at this person. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, that person is perfect for your job. And if you look at their LinkedIn resume, you'll know that they're qualified. They have everything that you need. Just use the purple hashtag hiring frame for your job and everybody can see it. It'll reach the 800 million people who get on LinkedIn on a daily basis. You got to post it for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. You can post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen of the day. Go ahead and check out Jake Madison on uh, Locked on Pelicans because the Pelicans got the number one seed earlier last week and then rattled off two back-to-back victories in a budding rivalry with the Phoenix Suns that gave them a little bit of room over that team. Jake Madison has done a great job covering this whole run and the excitement around the New Orleans Pelicans because who said that New Orleans is not a basketball city. But today's word of the day is imbue, and imbue means to permeate, basically, or influence. And I was just imbued with the passion to talk about these quarterbacks because I feel like if we're going to break down a celebration bowl, why not break it down fully and break it down piece by piece, brick by brick, and the first brick to talk about is the leaders of the team on the field, the quarterback position. But let's move forward and talk about grambling because grambling I want to use the proper words because to me, this is so major, right? I want to make sure that I'm saying the right things because Grambling looks like a force in the swag. We haven't got to conference play, but they look like a force in the swag because they have knocked off their second power five school this year, not in school, this year. 
You know, a lot of HBCUs go the whole year without knocking off a Power 5 school. A lot of them do. And it's, it's really nothing to blink twice about. A lot of them. Some even knock off one during the season. It's rare to see them knock off two. And that's what Grambling has did, right? Now, without just thinking and looking them up. Off the top of my head, I can't remember the last time I'll say at least Texas Southern knocked off two. I don't remember the last time I heard about anybody in the SWAC knocking off two of them. I could be wrong, but I just don't remember the last time I heard about it. It's not a common occurrence. So the fact that they did is extremely impressive. They knocked off Vanderbilt just last week on Friday night. Then you knock off, or excuse me, you had knocked off Colorado earlier in the year. That's two wins. One over a Pac-12 team, one over an SEC team. Um, And these two games had, I guess, some similarities, but they're really different, to be honest. Against Colorado, Grambling never trailed. They just dominated that game from start to finish. Against Vanderbilt, it was way more competitive. Matter of fact, they were losing towards the end of the game with just three minutes left in the game. You know, Cartier Gordon, he had 12 points, even though he fouled out and the rest of the team had to pick it up. He did foul out and the rest of the team picked it up. He had 12 points on the day. He was their leading scorer. But this came down to defense. It all came down to defense, man. You look at the way they started. You look at the way that they ended. It was all defense, period. You know, so you look at how the end of the game, how I talked about they were down. It was only three points. So it wasn't like a large margin. I wouldn't even come in to call it a comeback. But defense secured that victory because with about three minutes left, actually two minutes left, they were down three minutes for, you know, about three minutes left and two minutes left. But let's focus on that final one. They were down three points with two minutes left. It was 60 to 57. Vanderbilt didn't score another field goal the rest of the game. Right. They didn't make another bucket. All of their points came from the free throw line. And you you compare that with the start of the game. Grambling couldn't buy a point, let alone a bucket. <laughs> We're looking at a team that was scoreless for the first five minutes of the game. Didn't score in back to back possessions until about nine minutes through the game. And that's when they actually got their second bucket. Nine minutes in, they scored four points, you know, and they didn't get back to back buckets until then. So they were really struggling offensively, and that's because Grambler defense has been suffocating all year. This was just a, a representation of it on a big level because you're knocking off Vanderbilt, right? This came down to a last-second shot, and you stopped that. But this defense, it was there against Colorado. It's there against Vanderbilt. It's there between the teams in between. This has been a successful year. That's why they're only one of three HBCUs with a winning record this, thus far. Right, them, Norfolk State, and Tennessee State. Those are the only three HBCUs with a winning record in men's basketball right now. And Grambling has achieved it while knocking off two Power 5 schools. Mind you, if they had lost to those two schools, they would be 4-5. and five. Right now, they're 6-3. and three. So they would have a losing record, and nobody would be complaining because they lost to Colorado and Vanderbilt. These wins over Vanderbilt and Colorado are the two crowning achievements of Grambling season, but that's not the only thing that they accomplished, right? Because they have a winning record. So it's not like they only won those two games. You look at the resilience and the statements that they have been able to make throughout the whole season. I'm talking about a 23-4 to run against Dartmouth to answer an early run by their opponent. I'm talking about the fact that they went 2-1 and one in the 210 San Antonio shootout in the one game that they lost was to Incarnate Word. Well... And Cardinal Word came down to Grambling just a week later, and they got whooped up. It was realizing what went wrong at the end of that game that led to you losing and fixing it. It's those type of things that make me say, okay, Grambling could be a force. You attach that 
to a suffocating defense, one that doesn't allow more than 70 points, the only team in the SWAC who was able to say that, this is a team that should scare people. This is a team that you should look out for because if their defense is doing this right now, typically all facets of HBCU basketball get better after out-of-conference schedule. So their defense is suffocating right now. Just imagine how the defense will be once conference play starts. That's typically how it goes. Everything improves, and an already good defense could prove to be elite when the SWAC starts conference play, and that's why Grambling is a true force in basketball this year. And they're saying, listen, we coming for that crown, and we're going to take a step up like we or we're going to take a step up from last year, and I can't wait to watch it. I really cannot wait to watch this game. And going forward, we're going to be talking about the HBCU All-Americans in football because they are loaded with young talent, and this bodes well for all the programs around the country. Before I get into that, however, today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. And at Locked On HBCU, we believe home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one, numero uno, the top notch home rated, or excuse me, home security system. Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering locked on HBCU listeners 40% off a new security system. But you know what? Don't take my word for it. Let me tell you about some of the things that they have accomplished. You're looking at a team that is number one in home security because it's a bunch of people. This isn't just one guy, one girl. This is a bunch of people coming together to provide this security for you. 24-7 monitoring all day. Advanced monitor or excuse me, advanced sensors in multiple rooms and multiple windows and things of that nature. Simply Safe is by far the safest home security system I've seen. Simply Safe is a different kind of safe. So get it for free or excuse me, get it 40% off on simplysafe.com slash locked on college. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on college as wrapping up today's episode of locked on hbcu i want to look at the young all americans that the hbcus have on the fcs level because hero sports has released three teams you have the all american team which is just basically anybody and everybody uh you have the all sophomore team and the all freshman team in the majority of the HBCU players who made this, because this is an FCS list, the majority of the HBCU players who made it are on the all-freshman and all-sophomore team. Matter of fact, seven are on the all-sophomore team. So let's look at the young players and then sprinkle the, the end in with some of the, uh, the veterans who have been around for a while and made that all-American team. So we'll start off with the freshman. You have Travis Hunter, who even with those five games, I felt like he was dynamic and he showed what he could do playing both ways, right? But then you have Keith Jenkins Jr. out of Morgan State at the kick returner position. You have Chon Zavia uh, Lewis from Texas Southern at the punt returner position. And then also you have oh Alejandro Mata from Jackson State. He had nearly perfect on the extra points, uh, 11 to 13 on, on field goals this year. Three of the four, and the freshman is really stacked on the special teams. Three of the four are special teamers. So I thought that was an interesting trend that you saw, specialists. Kick returners, punt returners, kickers. Those are the freshmen that you see. And then, of course, Travis Hunter. Now you go to the Shador or you go to the sophomore team. You have Shador Sanders. You have Jason Longcourt, long snapper out of Alcorn. Um, you have Kayvon Britton out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And he's interesting to me because I believe he next year has the chance. He's entered the transfer portal. He has the chance to be next year's Sevion Wilkerson. 
And what I mean by that is go from an HBCU to another HBCU. But the HBCU he came from, he left probably because it ain't going nowhere. He saw the success wasn't imminent. I think Savion Wilkerson saw that Delaware State wasn't about to succeed. I think you see the same thing with Isaiah Guthrie. Those two players leaving before, after a really successful freshman season, look, leaving before the next year, you got to question why they would do that, right? Writing must have been on the wall. These are two of your better players, and they're leaving really early. Um, I think I think Britain could go from Arkansas, Arkansas Pine Bluff, who wasn't going anywhere, to a more successful team, maybe be somebody who completes them, maybe a North Carolina Central, right? That would be interesting to put a really stud running back with Davius Richard, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll see. I think that Kayvon Britton could be that, you know, and he had a really strong punctuation to the year. Um, you look at Sevion Wilkerson, now the Jackson State next, Bashul Tootin, North Carolina A&T, he's there. Um, Elijah Williams out of Morgan State. These are more guys that we've talked about. Could have been Delaware, I mean, could have been the MEAC player of the year. Honestly, could have been. Um, he led the league or the conference in disruptive stats with 26 and a half. That's sacks and tackles for a loss combined. These are the stats that I feel like, oh, man, the dude been around. He's finally emerging. No, this guy's a sophomore. Um, you look at Colton Adams, and we're going to end with him, who we also talked about, made the all HBCU All-American team. Second in the FCS in tackles. This is a player who is young. It's, it's, it's proven for me. Grad transfers are great. Like, I love James Houston and what he's able to do for Jackson State last year. I love Jeremy Moose and what he's able to do for FAMU this year. But sustainability within your program and building a program, to me, is built upon recruiting young talent. That could be out the transfer portal. That could be freshmen out of high school. Either way, you got to recruit young talent. And I think these 11 players on the all-freshman and all-sophomore team, like some of these guys are transferring like, yeah, Britain is in the transfer portal. Shador Sanders is going to Colorado. Travis Hunter, eh, I thought he was going to Colorado. Some people seen a little bit, you know, like it might not happen. But you're looking at some transfers, but the amount of players that are in these all-American teams for the freshmen and the sophomores says, you know what, you can transfer and you still have a bunch. And I think that's very important. And then just to wrap it up with some of these other players, you have Aubrey Miller and B.J. Davis. That's three linebackers. Them and plus Adams, that's three linebackers. And we talked about how stacked that position was last week. Same thing with running backs. You have Wilkerson. You have uh, Tootin. And then also you have Kayvon Britton, who wasn't even one of the four that we talked about last week. Linebackers and running backs are stacked, and I think these All-American teams just prove that to be the case. And then also you ended off with Mark Evans, who was, you know, might be the first HBCU player drafted, man. When I look at what he was projected to be and what the accolades he's gotten after the season, there is no way you can say that Mark Evans disappointed his supporters. He came through and he performed how he needed to perform, how he was expected to perform, and I think that he will be drafted. I feel pretty confident in saying that because there's a lot of people who are just, I think he gets a lot of buzz, you know? And he plays a position that offensive line isn't often talked about, but he plays a position where I hear him get enough praise where I know yeah, his stock is probably very high. But on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be looking at who is or what was said at this Celebration Bowl press conference. I'm going to listen to it and break down some of the key quotes that I took from the press conference. So I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen of the day, check out Locked On Sports today with Peter Bukowski breaking down the national stories with the local experts. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed.
Peace.